0: Good morning. You are tuned in to the Ladies View podcast where we discuss the good, the bad, and the ugly. This is your girl, Celine. On the line is the lovely Heather. Happy weekend, Heather. How are you doing today?
1: I'm exhausted.
0: <laughs> so I take it no coffee? Just <laughs> no coffee.
1: No oh, coffee. I was no bueno. I need to get up and go get some. <laughs> well,
0: <laughs> I am enjoying my Dunkin' Donuts. I had a taste for Dunkin' Donuts today. I know usually I do Starbucks or my Cuban coffee, but that was not the case this morning.
1: In any event. I do like uh-huh. Dunkin' Donuts right? every now and then. Every now and then, I do yeah. get a craving for Dunkin' Donuts,
0: Yeah, too, so I get it.
1: Mm-hmm. And today
0: is gorgeous outside. It's about 40 degrees. Well, at least it was this morning and sunny, and I think it may mm-hmm. reach a high of 49 or so.
1: Mm -hmm. So I'm excited about mm -hmm. that. I'm excited, but this is the weather where I get nervous. (laughs) Why? I do, because these parents (laughs) have their little snotty-nosed kids outside (laughs) in this weather in sweatshirts and shorts. We live in Chicago. Right, right. So it's going to be 17 degrees tomorrow, probably. (laughs)
0: i'm sure you know and then
1: they send their kids to school and then they have the croup and then it's just like (laughs) then it's just hell for me and my family for like a month so no
0: thank you i know i hear that (laughs) so so now i don't know if i should go out for my run or if i should actually hit the gym i don't want to get sick
1: you won't this (laughs) is this is good running it is it is you'll be fine
0: Thank you. Thank you. Well, I'm excited about what I'm going to do today, either the gym or outside. In any event, Heather, let's move on. What do you have for us this morning?
1: Well, uh, as our listeners have probably heard during past podcasts, and as we were actually just discussing a little bit, uh, health and fitness is something extremely important to the ladies' view.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So, we decided that for 2019, we are going to highlight men and women who have accomplished great things with regard to weight loss and working out, as well as bringing on some experts and healthcare professionals. Nice. So, to kick off our first Health and Wellness Saturday, which, you know, I think I'm brilliant. Let me tell you why. (laughs) Why? Because... Because because i came up with that on my own you
0: you are pretty brilliant i gotta give it to you you.
1: thank you thank you anyway we are going to chat with dale lynn bradshaw settle from houston texas now during this show you'll learn a bit about um Dale Lynn's journey in addition to some of the workouts she does some of the food she likes and some other really cool things. Nice. Okay, so Dale Lynn, are you on the line?
2: I am. Good morning, ladies. Good morning, Dale. Thank you for joining us this morning. Thank you, ladies for having me. I'm so excited.
1: <laughs> we are too. Now, how's yeah. the weather down yes. in Houston today?
2: So I'm listening to you guys talk, and I'm dying because I'm like, it's 69 degrees, 70 degrees, and we're everybody's got on coats and sweaters, and jackets.
1: I'm See, like,
2: yeah, that, that's the Texas way. Wow, oh is,
0: 69.
1: Oh my goodness, 69 degrees. Yep. What I would and I'd be out there that. in flip flops,
2: <laughs> right? Exactly. In 69,
1: I'd be I yep. I would literally be out in flip flops. Wow, Lucky. you know. Wow.
2: I, it, the, though, the weather is really gorgeous to me. It's just so funny from being from the South and having such a Southern mother. Like, if we even had on flip flops in the weather, you're going to catch a death of pneumonia. Ooh, so it's crazy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> So, so we have to stay bundled up, yeah, Me, I have four babies and I gotta keep them bundled up. So, oh
1: yes, yeah. and we, we're gonna we're gonna get to your four babies, All right, Dale? Because I got some questions for you. Yes. But but uh, <laughs> so you know, Celine and I are always talking, which okay. Majority of women out here are always talking about that pesky five to 10 pounds Mm-mm. that we're always, you know, like fluctuating. Mm-hmm. Right? Our weight is constantly fluctuating. Mm-hmm. We're up 10 pounds, we're down seven pounds, we're up 15 pounds, we're down five pounds. You lost 145 plus pounds. Yes, ma'am. Wow. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> and, and, and we're floored. Okay. So, we, Celine, you and I have no excuse. Right. To lose ten pounds because Day- and, and oh, can we call you Dale? Because yes. I'm acting like I, I know you. Absolutely. Okay. So-
2: <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Everybody. Yeah. That's just we shorten it up around here. I'm Dale.
1: Okay. Good. So, in losing the 145 pounds, how long did that take you?
2: Um, that's a question that I get really often, and a lot of people um they think that it's just really all the way up, just straight shot. So I'm like, no, it was. This has been uh, March of this year will make five years since the the journey. But I've kept it off for an entire year. So I'd say it's been about a four-year journey uh, to get to um, the 145 to 150. Also, I always tell people it's between 145 to 150, just depending on what I ate. (laughs) So if I had a real good weekend, (laughs) it's more on the 145. But our bodies do that. The weight just kind of fluctuates a little bit. So um, I've learned not to be so fixated on the number on the scale, but more so how I feel.
1: Wow. Right. Okay. Yeah. And I think that that's something that a lot of us, we make the mistake of just constantly being fixated on that number. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's kind of where we make some of our mistakes, maybe.
2: Yeah, I totally agree. Um, When my trainer and I started working together, I would tell him all the time, I I don't see the, the scale moving. And he would be like, Dale, stop focusing on the scale. And I would tell him, what else am I supposed to focus on? I've got so much weight to lose. Like, it's really hard to tell someone when they're 300 pounds, not to look at the scale, hmm. but hmm. changing my mindset and realizing that the scale is not an indicator of my value. Right. It does not Love that. Uh, indicate who I am as a woman, as a mom, as a wife, none of that. And so it doesn't, my value doesn't come from. So I had to, I had to actually have my husband hide it or take the batteries out or whatever the case may be a couple of times on the journey, just so that I could stay the course and remind myself that I am not a number on the scale. Mm-hmm.
0: Now, Dale, if we may ask, how much exactly were you weighing and what was the turning point for you when you knew you had to lose weight?
2: So my, uh, my highest weight was 302 pounds oh. and I was 27 years old when oh. I saw that number on the scale. Um, i clearly remember the day because it was two days after the death of my 34 year old sister Nikki mm-hmm. um, she died from something called an aortic dissection and that was the turning point her death literally saved my life wow. um, I had no idea oh. I was that heavy no clue I I stopped looking at the scale around 275 to I think was the last time I had seen the scale so to get up to 300 I had no idea I was there wow. um, when, when Nikki died I had a panic attack and my dad took me to the uh, hospital to the uh, doctor's office, and when I got on the scale, that's when the scale said 302 uh, two days after her death. She died January second, two thousand and fourteen. Oh wow! So yes, yeah. so um again, she was 34 years old, mother of three children, and um what what happened was the day that I got that phone call, they told me that Nikki had um, they told us to get to the hospital. They said the the hospital called my mom and said there was an emergency, just come to the hospital, but don't rush. That doesn't make any sense. How is there an emergency but not to rush? It just didn't make any sense to me now that I replay the story in my head. And I recall um, getting to the hospital, telling them her name. And they're telling me at the front desk that there's no patient by that name. And instantly knowing something's wrong because they didn't check her in. So I I walk around the corner. um, They escort me with some security guards with my sister, my older sister. And we walk around the corner. And I look in the conference room and my mom is on the ground. so i instantly see her collapse and i know something's wrong and she's screaming and my daddy is consoling her and they get in and they go nikki's gone and i'm like what (sighs) nikki's what like nikki's gone like gone where just did not make any sense to me and my older sister just kind of took off running through the halls and she's screaming and my parents um they had seven children but uh six of us at the time were still living and um My baby sister was six months pregnant and she comes down the hallway and she hears and she loses it. My baby brother comes and We're all and Mm. my father's a pastor here in Houston. So he's you know, he's pretty well known. And before you know it, there's 200 people at the hospital all gathered around just trying to figure out what's going on. And um, a couple of hours after Nikki's they told us about her death. They uh, they 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 ask us, is it okay if we bring her in? And we're like, okay, you know, we brace ourselves. They bring her in the room. And when I say my baby, my baby was just, I call her my baby. She's my older sister, but she act like a baby. But she, she looked like she was asleep. And she's one of the most beautiful people I've ever seen. And she just looked like, she, she just looked so peaceful. And the nurse was so comforting and said that she, that's how she came in when they brought her in. And uh, long story short, a mechanic was working on her car. And they said that Nikki had collapsed outside of her house. He asked her to go in the house to go get a part. And when she when he looked on the ground, she was shaking. And between 8 and 20 seconds after that, that was it. Wow. And um, so if you can imagine that day, we have no cause of death. We have no idea. No autopsy is done, obviously, instantly. We don't know what's going on. We're trying to put pieces together. We're asking the people who've last seen her, her friends that she celebrated the New Year's with. We're like, have you guys seen, you know, anything different? Was she acting different? Nobody could answer. No, everyone was like, no, she seemed like Nikki Um, that morning. Maybe an hour before her death, she had called my mom. She was on, she was going to go over there. We're very close to my mother. She was going to go over there and take the kids to go hang out with my mom. And um, so it took eight weeks to get the autopsy. And that's my mom called me with the medical examiner call. And I want to say my mother calls the medical um, office here, the coroner's office here in Houston, every day for eight weeks to find out how they had a report for her baby. Because she was just in total disbelief. So she finally got the phone call. And um, she called me on three way and said, you know, explain to my daughter as well. She kind of knows these terms a little bit more. And that's when he explained to us that it was an aortic dissection. And it's not very common in um, young people, nor women of color. It's typically older white males that suffer from this. Wow. But um, our family is predisposed to high blood pressure and Nikki's blood pressure skyrocketed so high to where that, that vessel they aorta, it burst instantly. And wow, she had a doctor's appointment the day after her death. They mm. called and was checking just to see if she was coming to the appointment, and we just had to tell them that she had passed. So it's possible that they probably would have caught it at the doctor's appointment, but yes. you know, who's to say that that would have happened? But, um, yeah, that was the breaking point for me. That was when the, mm. the aha moment or the light bulb went off for me. Wow. okay.
1: So, uh, and and I'm we're, we're so sorry for your loss, mm. your family's loss, um, you know. It's really hard losing a loved one, especially when it's unexpected. It's never easy, but something unexpected like that. Now, when you say that that was your motivation, at what point did you, did you say, you know what, I'm going to get in the gym? I'm going to do this. I'm going to change my eating habits. Was it shortly after her funeral? Was it you know did it take you some months to kind of get in gear what what was that?
2: not at you? all not not it, it took me no time literally um it it was it was way after her funeral because you know after the eight weeks of the report, it literally mm-hmm. was the next day after I got the the uh, doctor's report, the medical examiner's report. I did not know where to start. I instantly went to the doctor to look into a lap band. Um, And that was a whole nother journey in itself. I had that sense removed, but um, that was the first course of action. I just wanted to do something. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know um, how to get the weight off. I had tried so many times on my own, you know, and this is for any lady that has ever tried. I, I, I say don't ever let anyone make you feel bad for the effort that you put in because we do try. And sometimes when you don't see the results or sometimes you're not doing the right thing, but you're trying and you're, you're getting, you know, desperate. So we try it all. I've tried quick weight loss. I've tried the Atkins and this and that. And what I've since find out, found out since then is that all of these programs work. I just wasn't working them accurately. Mm. I wasn't mm. doing the necessary things and I wasn't committed. But for some reason... This time I was committed to doing whatever it is that I needed to do, and so I did start with the lab band. But before the lab band, my younger sister is a trainer. I just remember, you know, getting with her and telling her, "Okay, train me. What what do we have to do? Walk me through this." And I started at the gym five days a week, um, twenty to thirty minutes on the elliptical, you know, just just on the elliptical and not knowing exactly what to do, but just doing something because I felt like. I owed it to myself and to my children and to my family. Just the pain that Nikki's death had caused my family in that short amount of time in those eight weeks was so excruciating. I, I'm i the type of person, I, I've always been driven, or always been focused. But the years, uh, eight years prior to losing the weight, I went through a really bad battle of depression. So I lost myself. Mm. I lost mm. that drive and that motivation. But something about losing her losing a best friend like that just was like, I I don't ever want anybody to feel this away again. So I instantly did something. And that's what I would like to encourage anyone that's listening to the podcast. You may not know what to do. Just start until you, until you get the right answers. Just start. Start with water. Start with just a walk around the park with your kids. Just get started because you don't want to lose that motivation and that drive that you have in the beginning. So that's what I did. I just, I just got started. I started walking. I was like, okay, hun, t- telling my husband, let's just cut out all the sodas. I I kind of went overboard. I started throwing away the kids' like snacks and applesauce <laughs> and juice boxes. I was like, this is. Oh the my goodness. Thing
1: they like fruit snacks. Yeah, okay. No, 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 <laughs> not, not,
2: not. I'm like, as for me in my house, we will have no fruit snacks. Like
0: that is hilarious. And Dale, I have to ask you went from weighing how much as a teenager to weighing 302 pounds at 27 years old. What do you attribute that gain weight to? Was it just bad eating habits or was there
2: something deeper? um it was a mixture of, of things um as in in high school i was probably 17180 mm-hmm. and um in college you know you you gained that freshman 15 they talk about well, mine was more like the freshman mm-hmm. 50 wow it was just yeah it was a lot of stress um going to school and trying to manage it all but um i met my husband when i was 19 and when i met him i was not overweight i was you know a, mm-hmm. a little thickums but i was nowhere near overweight and By the time we got married, on our wedding day, I was 265. Wow. And we got married. Yeah, we got married at, uh, I was 20 and he was 21. Hmm. And I I attributed that. Being a new wife is very hard for anyone. But being a new young wife, that young, was probably one of the hardest things I've ever experienced in my life. Three days after my wedding, I looked at him and he looked at me and I was like, what did we just do? Mm -hmm. Like this is going to be hard. This is going to be really hard trying to put two different personalities together in the same house. And these two people trying to become one. And then a year after uh, the actually the year to the day of my wedding anniversary, my daughter was due. My first child was due. Mm -hmm. So I was pregnant within three months of being a new wife. um, I stopped going to college. I stopped going to school. I was working full time. We were living in an efficiency apartment, a one room apartment. The pantry was his closet. Hmm. So it was just, and I wasn't used to struggle at all. I came from a very stable home. You know, my father worked and my mother stayed home with all the children and it was just a very stable environment. So I went from just stable, not much change to just total change in my life, just flipping upside down within a matter of months. Wow. So um, that definitely, I was, I've always been very driven, a happy child. I didn't struggle with my weight growing up. And I think because. I lived in the South, and we, and I think this is for a lot of families. We celebrate with food, we grieve with mm-hmm. food. Someone gets a promotion, let's go out to eat. Somebody dies, let's bring them over food. So, food has always been a part of my, my life, but it mm-hmm. just never was a healthy relationship. So, becoming a stay at home mom at 21 with just this newborn baby in me. She's staring at me. I'm staring at her. I'm like, what am I supposed to do with you? She's looking at me like, what am I supposed to do with you? I, just, I lost <laughs> it. I lost my drive mm, for everything. Mm. And then shortly after she was born, three years later, I, I had my second son, um, Dylan. And my baby boy was diagnosed with autism at like 17 months old. Mm. So here I am, 24, two kids, um, still a stay-at-home mom. And the, my husband and I, we kind of talk about it to this day. The decision to stay at home was never... A choice that I made it was just kind of like it fell into my lap okay well someone has to take care of the babies of course you know so mm-hmm. husband works I guess it's just going to be you right right so that's, that's that's pretty much kind of how that weight gained um and it, it was just really subtle 20 mm-hmm. year 15 there you know right wow
1: mm-hmm. and and then you have so you have four
2: children yeah Okay, so you have twins I also. do. I have, Kendall is my oldest. She's 10. Then Dylan is seven. And then the twins, Kyron and Devin are two. Oh, wow. Two? Yes, they are two you started over. <laughs> I did. I did. We, we thought about one more and then I got two. <laughs> yeah. So, wow.
1: Okay, so you were going through your weight loss journey mm-hmm. and then, hey, here's twins. How did that affect your journey
2: at that point. You know, everybody was joking with me. They were like, girl, you getting fine. You gonna get pregnant. I'm like, be quiet. No I'm not. No I'm not, girl. You getting fine. You know, they were gassing me up. Girl, you getting fine. So I was like, okay. And so I got there. I lost 90 pounds. Um and I was doing really well. My husband and I were like, "Hey, you want another kid? Hey, okay, yeah, that's kind of hot." The conversations we have, we're real, just like straightforward. One other baby? Yep, let's do it. So like, <laughs> literally. literally. So, <laughs> so we we decided to have one baby, and then we ended up with the twins. And the first thought in my mind was, besides thinking, "Oh my gosh, my sister would love to have been here for this," the next thought that I had was. I'm about to blow up mm, like I'm about mm, to gain all this weight I can imagine so I was right. really really stressed and worried for the most part at the beginning of the pregnancy I didn't do too bad I only gained 35 pounds uh-huh. um during the pregnancy with the boys um it wasn't That's good but yeah it, the, that was the, uh, the blessing because they both were born full term I had them at 38 weeks I had a natural labor with both of them oh. and um they were both um almost six pounds wow oh so very nice to, wow yeah okay. to gain only 35 pounds that was that was a blessing but it it My struggle came and it was like this with all three three of my pregnancies. The weight gain always happens for me after the babies are born Mm. because of the stress of being a new mom. And I don't handle stress. Well, I didn't at the time handle stress very well. And having these two new babies on top of the other two kids, my eating habits were poor. I just would eat whenever I could. So it didn't matter what time of day. If it could be the middle of the night, I'd realize, oh, my goodness, I hadn't eaten in 12 hours. Let me get a bite. You know, so that was where the weight gain really came from after having uh, Kyron and Devin. Okay. And then you also mentioned um, earlier in the
1: podcast that you
2: uh,
1: initially got a lap band, Mm -hmm. but it's since been removed.
2: Mm -hmm. In 2017, I had the lap band removed. Wow. Why'd you do that? Because um, that was probably one of the most difficult parts of the process because I I was so grateful to have the band in the beginning because I was like, this restriction. So, if, most people don't know about the lab band. The lab band is probably one of the most non evasive of the uh, bariatric surgeries because they don't take out a portion of your stomach. They just put this band around your stomach and you can get it take, like some of the fluid taken out or put back in over time and it can tighten this band, kind mm-hmm. of making your body believe that your stomach is smaller. Uh huh. So what happens is, is you go to the doctor, you get, they put a needle in your stomach. It's, it's very, it's not painful at all. After you get the band put in, this needle um, is full of saline. They they put a little bit of saline in the band. The band tightens up and it restricts your stomach. So it makes your stomach feel like there's, you know, less capacity to fill it up. But the problem with that is, is that there are certain foods that don't go down very well with the lap band. And then mm-hmm. certain situations or certain instances are... Um, just everyday life occurrences will make the band tighten up on its own. One of those being mm. the weather. So mm. if it's really cold outside, my band would tighten up so much to where I couldn't even get liquids or fluids down. Oh, wow. Or if I would take a flight and get on a plane and get off the plane, I guess because of the air pressure or something, that would tighten up my band. So the first day of my trip, wherever I would go or the second day, I couldn't get anything down. Mm. But warm liquid sometimes. Oh my gosh. Sometimes. Yeah. Um, eggs did not go down very well with my band. It would get stuck in the band. Um, French fries, obviously you're not supposed to eat French fries, but bread (laughs) completely. Mm. I could not get bread down. So it wasn't helping me because it was really just stopping me from eating some of the things I know I shouldn't have eaten, but I would still try. Mm. And then the band would get stuck and the doctor's office wasn't open on the weekends. So I'd have to go to, and not all uh, ERs don't all know how to take out some of the fluid out of the band. So because you have to literally touch the patient's stomach to uh-huh. find the little port where that band is around their stomach and then put the needle in their exact spot. So I would get poked and prodded oh, while wow. they tried to find the exact spot sometimes they would get the x-ray machine mm. and at that time I didn't have um, bariatric insurance coverage I had insurance but it didn't cover bariatric so I would have to pay $250 on the weekends to get them to take some of the fluid out of the band uh-huh. because if they didn't I spent the whole weekend throwing up because I would keep trying to eat something mm. oh my gosh and, that is no way to live no, at. at all, all. At all.
0: Now, Adele, tell us about how you have now changed your eating habits.
2: Well, I realized that I try to do something that a lot of us do, and that is outwork a bad diet. Hmm. You cannot outwork a bad, I'm going to say that one more time for somebody else that's listening. You cannot outwork a bad diet. No matter how hard you try, you can go to the gym five days a week and you know, stay there all day, but you will not see results if your diet does not change. Mm, that's powerful. Mm-hmm. It's it's very important because, and I had to wrap my mind around that. And the moment that I did, I said, okay, I need to come up with a plan because I'm a planner. And for if you, you already know that if you don't plan, you will fail. Yeah. So I had to put a plan in motion and that plan for me was meal prepping. Mm-hmm. So I realized as a busy mom of four, I have to have stuff that's already ready because if not, I'm going to go to the nearest, you know, crap or junk that I find. And I had to make sure that I set myself up for success. We don't think of it that way, but what we do is we're already setting ourselves up for failure by not preparing. So what I decided was I need to set myself up for success. I need to meal prep. Um, so my trainer, Shout out to my homeboy, Leron. He, he gave me a list. When I, started, when I signed up with him July of 2017, he gave me a list of things to steer clear of. I took that list of things and I said, okay, well, let me find things that are not on this list that I know are good. So I uh, prep my meals on Sunday. I still do this. Matter of fact, today's Saturday. I'm probably going to go to, no, I've already, Um, you know what? I just realized I already went to the grocery store this week. Look at me I already. <laughs> prepped. So I'm already ready. I already know I'm going to make um like ground uh ground turkey chili. And I also have spaghetti with zucchini noodles nice. and um ground turkey and a little bit of marinara sauce. So I already have my mind set up what I'm going to have for the week. All I have to do on Sundays is Sunday night I cook for at least four to five days and I have these miniature containers that I got from Amazon and I already have all of my meals set so all I have to do if I'm at work or if I'm at home, just pop them in the uh, refrigerator. I mean, I'm sorry, in the microwave. And I, and I eat what I already have prepped. Nice. I have snacks already lined up. I already know that I have my granola bar, my premier protein shakes this week, and my grapes.
0: Wow, I love it. Dale, you think like I We got to do that. Yeah, it, I've been <laughs> doing that. And she said something very, she made such a valid point. You have to set yourself up for success. And mm-hmm. I've noticed that when right. I do meal plan and meal prep, I seem to be feeling great. I'm losing weight. I'm staying mm-hmm. active. Mm-hmm. I I notice the difference and it's that moment when I stop doing it that I'm back to my old ways and it's not right. working for me.
2: And here's wow. the thing: you save so much money too. You do, yeah. Because when you don't meal right. prep, you stop at the store or you yes. stop at, the, you know, the the fast food spots, and you're just you. And if you have kids, you're getting stuff for them because you didn't prep anything. And here's the thing: even though my babies are really small, I don't make anything different for them that I, for me to eat. I'm kind of a picky eater, so I know what they do and don't like. But because I have so much going on in my life, I don't have time to make separate meals for everybody. Right. We're all going to eat the same thing. Absolutely. So we're starting better habits for the babies. Yep. As well. Yep. Very
1: mm-hmm. important. Which is so important. Right. And yes. to let them know that you're not a short <laughs> yes. order cook because these kids will take advantage of you. They will, they, right. they will. The they will take advantage of your love. You, so I agree. Can...
0: you look amazing. Tell <laughs> Thank us, you. You're welcome. Tell us how you feel.
2: Wow. I feel incredible. Even on my, my worst days today are nothing compared to... They are better than my better days then. My worst days today are nothing like what they used to be. Just... The mentality, the mental part mm-hmm. for me, I, I could speak on that for days because that has transformed my life. Just mentally being in a happier, healthier place. Um, I, I said this on Instagram the other day that resolutions are meant to be broken. It's just, you know, let's just be real. We all break our new year's resolutions. But goals, goals are meant to be smashed. Mm-hmm. And when you smash your goals, there's such a sense of accomplishment. Right. I never felt in my life that I could complete anything. I always felt like I started stuff as an adult and I never finished it. Mm -hmm. So to start this journey and not necessarily finish it because it's a lifelong journey, but to get to the goal and to reach this goal. Oh, now I feel like I can pretty much do anything. Mm -hmm. My husband and I, for our wedding anniversary, he called me up and he was, I think he was kind of joking. He's like, Hey babe, you want to go skydive? (laughs) And I was like, Hey, okay, sure. He was not expecting me to say yes that quick. (laughs) <laughs> but just this past August, we went and skydive. Like wow, that, the thing that I would never do. Yeah, I would have never done that. Wow. You know, we went to Costa Rica for our 10th year anniversary. Hey, you want to go zipline? Uh, okay. Ah. <laughs> like, you know, in the mountains, let's just goes you you love you it. feel like you can do anything. Wow. You know, so that. now I'm I'm signing up for stuff I would never sign up for. I'm doing things, I'm making and they're not always positive. There are things in my life that I said yes to that I should have said no to. Mm-hmm. But because I feel like I can do anything, I'm breaking up with things and people that I should have broke up with a long time ago. Wow. Wow wow. Because now I feel empowered to do whatever it is mm-hmm. that I know you want to you you know you want to go change your life dale okay go ahead i didn't work i stayed at home and my husband and i own our own company and Mm -hmm. i stayed at home for years running the company from from home but i realized i don't want to do that i don't want to be at at home mom if you want to do it that's totally fine but i realized i didn't want to do that Mm -hmm. okay you want to go back to work august i started a new job that was my first time working outside of the home in almost 10 years wow Yeah. So you feel empowered. That's probably the best word. I feel empowered to do pretty much anything. And now because I have one daughter and three sons, I always would cry to my husband and I would say the boys have someone to look up to. The boys have a father that works full time. The boys have a mentor. My baby needs that. And I don't want her searching for that from anyone else, but me. Hmm. So if I do all of these things, going back to college, doing all of these things, it's for her. Yes. So that I can show her she can do anything.
1: Yeah, and that's so important. That especially with social media, right? With social media nowadays, with our little girls, we Mm -hmm. more so than boys. We have to be so careful at what they're looking at, Absolutely. who their influences are, who they're looking at as role models. Um, so I'm, I'm really, really right. glad that you, you know, um, it was almost kind of like a light bulb went off yes. for you. And you're like, no, I have to do this, not just for me, but for her. Now, Now, Dale, when we first reached out to you for <laughs> this interview, we had no idea. None. Okay. So listeners, we did not know this. We had no idea yeah, that you own. were going to be featured. In Congrats. People magazine. I, uh, oh, my goodness. Yes. Seriously. Celine and I talked about it. We were so excited for you. And, mm-hmm. in fact, I went to the <laughs> I went to Jewel last night. And sometimes I can just be crazy. So I went to Jewel last night. And I saw the issue. <laughs> yeah, that's,
2: in oh the yeah, checkout, oh, oh yeah, I, and I, I told the cashier I, that I, I knew so you. So guilty of that, I walked around. I went to <laughs> the twenty-five, and I'm like, hey, "Guys, want to see something cool? That's me. That's me." <laughs> <laughs> oh, that
0: is awesome! Yeah. <laughs> that's
1: awesome!
2: Right, I like you see this girl? I
1: know, I know her. <laughs> how,
2: how did that happen? How, how, how did that people. happen? Tell us! Tell us! I don't understand. How good it feels to be able to finally talk about it, because it was all like hush, hush for so long, and I was afraid that if I said it to the wrong person, they would take my feature away. So I was like, I can't tell anybody. Right. So for three months, I've just been sitting on this. So to be able to talk about this is pretty awesome. Right. But November yeah. or the end of October, I, I, you know, I, I have a a decent following on um on Instagram, mm-hmm. and so. One of the people, um, that's my humble way of saying I'm popping, you know, <laughs> right. doesn't, doesn't me but no, so I get DMs often um, about questions right. about my journey and I got a message from one of the writers, Julie, and she messaged me and she's, um, she's like, I'm a writer with People Magazine and I would like to, you know, um, interview you and feature your story for a half their size edition. So mind you, her page was private. It was no mm. picture. It just said Julie from People and I'm like, this is a scam. And um, I'm not falling for this. And so I reached back out to her and I was like, you know, how do I know this is true? How do I know this is real? So Julie, she, she apologized. She was like, oh my goodness, this is not my personal page. This is my business page. And this is how I scout for clients. And mm-hmm. uh, we spoke the next day on the phone. She sent me the number to the people headquarters so that I could check it all out. And that day I did. And I told one of my friends about it and they started Googling. You know, ladies, we can the like, FBI investigators. <laughs> so she started Googling Julie and all of this stuff, trying to figure it out. And, you know, it, it obviously turned out to be to be real. And um, she found me on, on Instagram. This is why I always say that social media is not all bad. It just depends on how you use your platform. We all have a platform. It's all about how you use it. And so I guess because I... Um, Just naturally over time, my my personal page has just become my fitness journey and kind of an accountability for me. It was never really about inspiring anyone. It was just about me inspiring myself. And and over time, people have become inspired by it. But I try not to make that my my goal. My goal is to stay as inspired by myself as I can. And in turn, if that does shed light on on the issue of weight loss or obesity or depression, I'm all for it but I really want people to know that when you're inspiring other people that should never really be your goal. I want to go change the world. No, just change yourself. And in turn, you'll change the world. Right. So, um, sorry, that was a little tangent. I had a little sermon there, but, um, So, uh, yeah, so Ju- Julie reached out to me, and the next thing I know, she tells me, she goes, <laughs> I'll get back with you if we're interested in featuring your story, but send me some pictures, answer this questionnaire, and I'll get back with you. And I'm like, okay. So I'm out with my kids at a little indoor play place, and she texts me, and she calls me up, and she says, "Um, yeah, so it's it's a go. I, I think I must have ran around that entire play area, and I was just screaming. I was so excited. I'm like, I can't believe this is happening. This is so crazy. And then two weeks later, they flew me out to New York, And um, all expense paid trip to New York. And they had a salon experience. And I did fittings with a top stylist and designer. And uh, we tried on different clothes. I was there for four days. And um, I did a video about my, my experience and about my journey. And, yeah, it was just a, such a whirlwind experience. And they told me, they said, you know, we have to keep it on the on the hush because we don't want, you know, c- competition, to, the word to get out. We want to keep this, you know, between us for right now. Mm-hmm. And the whole time, I'm just thinking this is surreal. I'm, everyone's asking me, like my husband's asking me, my mom's asking me, the people that I told about it, they're like, how do you feel? And I could never give an answer because I'm just like, I can't tell you how I feel until I see it. When right. it's in my hand, I'll tell you. So even once I saw the videos, um, I saw the video of my interview on their website or you can go to People TV, their app, and you can see the interview. And I'm smiling and I'm watching it, but it's still not real. It did not become real until my husband came home from the grocery store with like every copy from the store. (laughs) And I'm like, babe, what are you doing? But he had every copy of the magazine and until I got to page 56 and opened it up and looked and saw my former self and my current self in the magazine. That's when I lost it. That's when I was like, I I'm, I I did it, and so I don't I don't feel like wow. uh, a celebrity or anything like that. But I, I do feel like I should put my shades on and walk incognito around. Absolutely, in so.
0: <laughs> absolutely, you should. <laughs> now, Dale, you lost one hundred forty six pounds. You found pretty much a new way of living, and mm-hmm. you're being recognized for that. But when you're back at home, living your everyday life, dealing with the kids, the husband, your job, how do you stay motivated? Um, yes, I think that absolutely. Please yep. tell us. So, so We're trying thing. to find you the motivation. Do not
2: stay motivated. Seriously. <laughs> if we're being honest, you, you lose your motivation from time to time. You lose your drive. But the key word is discipline. Mm. Discipline is doing what you have to do even when you don't want to do it. So even when I'm not motivated, I am disciplined. I do not wake up every morning and like, you know, the sun is shining. The birds are singing. <laughs> let's go get this workout on. Like, no, I, I, I get up at 4.15 to get to the gym for five to meet my trainer. Wow. And I work out five to six days a week. And then I get off of work at four o'clock. And, um, you know, my sister's three children, They I, I, I help my mom with them. So I have seven kids a couple of days of, um, of the week. And wow. we own a company that we've owned for 10 years, DJS Entertainment, an uh, entertainment company. So, no, you don't always feel motivated. But mm. I'm, I learned to be disciplined. And regardless of if I feel like getting up or not, discipline kicks in before the wow. motivation does. And discipline says, get up. The alarm is going off. Mm. And so you you push yourself. You have to learn to be your okay. own. You're, a lot of us want to be our own encourager and our best cheerleader. But are we really our, our best critic? Are we really our best teacher? I had to learn to be my best teacher, my best critic, my best everything. I, was, I used to look for it in my husband. I used to look for it in my family. I used to look for affirmation in everybody else but for me. So now, if you see me talking to myself, it's because I'm coaching myself. I'm chastising myself. I'm doing all of those things for myself. So no, you don't always feel motivated. You don't always feel like you have the drive. Matter of fact, just last night, I was having a real downtime and I just, I, I had a gym session with my sister and my cousin. We're, you know, we're all really good friends. And, um, I text them in the group chat. I'm like, guys, I'm not coming. I'm not really feeling good, but I didn't realize I sent the message to just one of them. So the other one, my sister was at the gym waiting and she was like, um, I'm waiting on you guys. Where are you at? And my cousin and I just had this pep talk and she's like, Dylan, believe in yourself. You're awesome. Blah, blah, blah. And next thing I know I'm jumping up and I'm telling my sister, give me 10 minutes. I'm on my way. <sighs> And we we blasted and we killed this workout. So you have to become your own inspiration. Right. And so even when you don't feel motivated, discipline should kick in and say, you know what, let me just do it. There's never been a workout that I've done that I regretted. Never.
0: No, absolutely not. Never. And Dale, I'm going to ask you one last question before we wrap. Mm-hmm. And that's because I need to know how important is sleep and what do you recommend, um, is a healthy, I guess, enough sleep, I guess, to stay, you know, feeling great throughout the day.
2: Sleep is so important. Mm-hmm. If, let me tell you, sometimes on my lunch break, I go in my car and get me a good, godly nap. Like, okay. I, 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 mean, <laughs> I sleep for my life. It's it, it's a little hood because I'll go get my head scarf out of my car and I'll put it on my head and I'll re- like recline my seat. And I'll just, I I will, y'all, y'all don't understand. I believe sleep is so important. It is. Because you need rest to rejuvenate and revitalize yourself. Mm. Just like you charge your phone at night and you put your phone down and you charge it, you need to recharge as well. Okay. So I used to try my best to do all of this in my own strength, but then at the end of the day collapse because I wasn't getting enough rest. You have to get rest, not just actual sleep at night, but letting your body, listening to your body. And when my, my body says, Dale, you're done, you're done. There's yeah. nothing else I can do about it. I have to sit down and I have to take a break. So sleep is very important. Um, it's also important because it's very good for your mental stability as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When I'm exhausted and when I'm tired, I'm grouchy with my babies. I'm fussy. I'm not in a clear headspace. I can't think straight. I'm not kind to my coworkers. Mm-hmm. And I'm not doing the things that I need to do. So, sleep is not just good for my physical body, but it's also good for my mental stability as well. So, Great. yes, you got to. Thank you. Sleep. And I can't tell you how much time, but you got to get some rest.
0: Okay. Well, I I think I need personally nine hours, and I sometimes I think it's a bit too much. But to be honest, I think everyone is different. Everyone's yes. body is different. If they, 9 hours it is then I guess that's what it, it'll be for me, right?
2: Yeah, right. And if I need <laughs> yes, my nap, hours, don't don't take the... my naps away from me. Like nine I need my hours. Naps. Don't do it. <laughs> you, I, listen, listen if I can't can have 9 hours, hours, hours just...
0: <laughs> I don't want anything else, okay? Because I can nothing...
2: go to bed. And see, that's the thing. <laughs> <laughs>
1: girl five o'clock in the evening apparently well I, because I don't understand like 10, where she 10, gets nine hours of sleep from I, I'm <laughs>
0: noticing that I'm getting up at about seven thirty now and if I don't get at least nine hours I'm just not feeling my best but when I yeah,
2: can- yeah, <laughs> yeah but, but yeah we, but, we gotta we gotta talk after this podcast because <laughs> I gotta figure out what, I, what I'm doing wrong I'm doing something wrong <laughs> I literally
0: yeah <laughs> that was funny. Well, Dale, I want to thank oh you. Thank goodness. you so much for sharing your story with us today. <laughs> thank you for taking the time and I hope that at least one person can take something away from this podcast and find it life-changing after hearing your story. Dale, where can our listeners find you on social media?
2: So I am currently on Instagram at Queen Queendales, D A L E Z. I'm Also, I have a, um, a website that is getting ready to launch. That's BeHerNow.com. That's B-E-E, Her Now. Um, and it's just a reminder for us to be the queens that we have been created to be. And I'm also on YouTube, and they can search me on YouTube as Queendales as well.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much again, and we wish you continued success. We will continue to follow your journey and um, I know that I'm motivated after listening to you today.
2: Well, thank you, lovelies, for having. Thank me. I really you. Appreciate the opportunity absolutely. to tell the story. And God bless yeah. You. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank
1: you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and congratulations to you too. Congratulations on everything. everything. We're going to keep. Fine. We're going to stay <laughs> thank in touch. You. <laughs>
2: <laughs> i'll send i'll send all listeners. Se- thank you so much for to tuning into the Ladies View <laughs>
1: podcast
0: today as always you can find us on social media we are on instagram at the ladies view we are on twitter the ladies view tv we are on facebook chat with the ladies is our new facebook page and our website is www.theladiesview.com. until next time have a great weekend y'all bye